Hello guys, Alex here. Just a warning, this podcast does contain some spoilers for our recently recorded battle report. The first battle report in the series, actually. So, if you're looking forward to watching that battle report, maybe go and give that a watch first and come back to the podcast later. If, however, that doesn't bother you, then listen on. Hello and welcome to Maximal Fire, the podcast for Princeps. I'm Alex. And I'm George. And this probably sounds a little bit different to what you're used to. So it's obviously been a couple of months since our last episode and if you've been following our socials, um, there's been quite a lot of change. Um, We've decided that we're going to take this uh, podcast into the realms of video. And not only that, um, in the future, not today sadly, um, we are also going to be streaming. So that means uh, live interactions with us. Um, And hopefully, if you're listening to us live, you can send us some questions, you can comment on the things that we're saying, and we might be able to actually uh, reply to you in real time. So a little bit of a change. And you'll also notice, well, actually, you probably wouldn't notice because you've never really seen me or Ben before. And if you're watching on the the video podcast version of this, this may be the first time that you've seen my face. It could also be the first time... Um, well, it most definitely will be the first time that you've seen this face. Uh, this is George. Um, this is the George. Uh, we've, uh, over the last year, me and Ben mentioned George on many occasions, and, um, and here he is live in the flesh. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, again, if you have been following our socials, um, it's a fairly obvious thing is that George is not Ben. Um, ben at the end of last year decided um, that he needed to take a break from the hobby and as such has unfortunately made the decision that he's going to leave the podcast. So it's big regret that we won't have Ben here. Believe me, he still gets sent a ton of questions from us when uh, we, new stuff comes out or questions need to be raised. Um, and we've made it clear to Ben that should he ever want to come back again, the door is always open. So I think from myself, and on behalf of the Maximal Fire community, I'd just like to say a big thank you very much to Ben for all of the time and effort that he's put in to the show over the last year and to the tournaments that he ran. Um, he will be missed. Um, so in the meantime, that means that we're going to have on quite a few little guests here and there. Um, no no offence about a little, George. Oh, no. um, guest, <laughs> guest number one. Guest number one. Um, George has come on the show today uh, to talk with me about Legio Audax. Now, this show is actually the second part of uh, the, I guess, live event that we've, uh, we've been doing. So although this week, because of the big storms in the UK, um, it kind of scuppered our plans of actually doing a live stream, we just didn't really want to run the risk that we might lose power or we might lose the internet. So we decided to pre-record all this. This will hopefully give you a little bit of a, a, an, an idea of what the live format is going to look like and probably what it's going to sound like as well. Um, but we did a battle report, um, which I got completely and utterly crushed. Um, and if you are interested in uh, battle reports, do check it out. Let us know what you think. It's done in a kind of live format, uh, so it's quite different from the stuff which is out there otherwise. But we do hope that you enjoy it. And if you've got any questions or any feedback, do not hesitate to let us know. But be kind. It's the first one that we've done. Um, so, yeah, today's 
um, episode is going to largely focus on Legio Audax, um, but we also ran a tournament uh, last week, which was quite successful, so there may be a few little bits and pieces um, about that. Um, of course, as we say always, if um, you are listening to us on any of the traditional podcast streams, um, the systems, I should say, uh, you can if you can leave us a review, if you can uh, like us, if you can subscribe if possible, then all of that helps us to um, to get the Maximal Fire name out there. And now we're going to be on YouTube as well. So although this is a video um, podcast when we're recording it, we're going to be dumping the audio back into the usual formats. So you should still be able to hear us um, everywhere else that you're used to hearing us so far. Um, so first off, it's been a couple of months. Um, we've got a few patron shout outs that we need to do. Um, there was a couple of guys who missed out literally by like a day on the recording last time. So they're <laughs> well overdue, uh, their patron shout outs. Uh, but I want to say a big thank you to Brandon Ridge, Robert Murray, Rob Miller, Aaron Dembski-Bowden, Grant Dearness, and Noah Atkins. Um, without your support, the video podcast, the battle reports, all these things that we've been kind of promising over the last year wouldn't be possible. And this is kind of like the culmination of, of everything that the community has done to support Maximal Fire up until now. So huge, huge thank you. Whew. A lot of talking already. A lot of talking there. And we've already <laughs> talked for like two and a half hours tonight. We have, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know about you, I've got a bit of dry mouth. Um, hopefully it'll keep me going into the small hours. Um, yeah. So I think we just need to do a couple of uh, shout outs to our sponsors. Yep. Um, Battle Bling, um, been with us since the start, of course. So um, there is going to be, a, well, they've already started dropping some of their new close combat weapons. Yes, the hammers and the maces. The hammers and the maces. I think there's a few more things coming, I want to say. I think uh, Danny... How many did he do? <laughs> he did, he did there's a, a lot. Whole, yeah, he did a lot. And I think they've only released four at the moment. Yeah, chain axe as well. That's Yes, yeah. I especially like uh, the dream the dream smasher. That's it. Uh, the names are great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but they should already be mostly out. I think there's going to be a few more of those coming um, in the near future. And you, if you have watched the, the battle report that we did, you may have caught a sneaky peek. Um, and also, actually, if you saw any of the photos from the uh, tournament, tournament, yeah, yeah last last week, um, some of the new battle bling terrain mm. is coming out. Exciting stuff. Yes, it's all STLs rather than physical. That's correct. It's gonna big be, pieces. Yeah, big, all modular. Um, they're doing buildings which are modular. Mm -hmm. um, Kind of in the, they remind, I think it's probably intentional actually, but it reminds me of the, do you remember the cardboard cutouts to do uh, yeah. in Space Marine? Yeah, yeah. That they the used to do. Stuff. I think that might be the aesthetic that they've kind of gone for. With it certainly that. looks, fits in. Yeah, yeah. It uh, looks really, really nice. And the, I don't know if they've named it yet, but the definitely not a capital Imperialis. Um, we, we had the prototype uh, with us uh, this week for the battle report. We also had some of their ridiculously humongous uh, actual two scale um, cooling towers cooling towers yes. those things are magnificent but you know you always need at least one piece of terrain to block a warlord on a table generally mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. you probably block two or three yeah warmaster yeah. oh yeah two, there you go probably two warmasters stood on each other's <laughs> shoulders yeah it's it's a huge piece um, but they'll all be available for uh, for STLs I, I want to say in March I believe is when they're 
Um, so get buying resin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing in particular is it's, it's, it's a fair chunk of resin. I, I think. the the Capitol Imperialis. I mean, John sculpted it so that it can have stuff put inside. You know, so you can deploy your tank. Yes. I think he company. said. Did he say it was? It could have like nine Spartan tanks inside of it, and it's got like the full. It's going to have the, the prototype version that we had didn't have that, so we couldn't show any of that off. But um, the it's got a fully um, sculpted interior and stuff. Yeah, you know? the aircraft lift, so you can have a aeronautical imperialis plane in there. Yeah, that can be deployed. Well, you can put it on top. <laughs> yeah, and it fits a little Reaver weapon in the front. It's very cool. Um, very nice. Yes, um, and that, that I believe that's also going to be by STL. Mm. So yeah, um, get your resin orders in, uh, and also um, they have told us uh, that I think like everywhere in the world at the moment, the prices of everything is going up. There is going to be a price rise um, at Battle Bling. Uh, I believe that's going to be in March. Um, Did Johnny say that was just for items from 2021? I, I believe so, yeah. It's not across the range. Mm-hmm. I think it's largely there's... The, yeah, certainly the 2021 stuff that they released, um, and I think they're trying to keep as much of it as cheap as possible yeah. still. Yeah. Um, but if you do need to get any uh, battle bling stuff, now's the time to do it. You've still got like a maybe a handful of weeks perhaps um, before that price rise comes comes into effect, or so you can still take advantage of the old prices. Um, so yeah, our other uh, main. Uh, sponsor Grimdark Terrain um, Bronco Fish has still been smashing out still so much stuff <laughs> uh, still surprising yeah uh, the thing that's actually got me quite excited and I, I'm, I'm wondering if we should maybe put it into like some of the future battle reports um, is have you seen the Hex Map, Hex Map campaign map that yes. he's done yeah that's very very cool kind of Mighty Empires style yes yeah 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 um I think, yeah, you know, I, I was kicking myself. I used to have one of those Mighty Empire, uh, the um, 40k oh, right. version of it. Oh, right. And uh, I think it got chucked in the house move. And now it's worth... <laughs> it's your retirement fund gone. Quite a bit, yeah. Um, just yeah. disappeared one day. But like, I'm looking forward to getting my printer up and running again and, and, and printing one of those out and, uh, and getting that going. And he started doing more Titan... Well, he's, he's actually releasing Titans as well. Yes, those... That's what I'm looking at. The, the Hermes. Um, yeah, the little uh, non-combatant civilian yeah. style. Yeah, uh, the salvage titans. Salvage titans, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. cranes and lifter arms. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they do look very very cool. Um, I've seen a couple of those painted um, on Instagram already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andy, uh, who's one of the guys up in the Tyneside Gaming Club, he's already painted I think three of those. Yeah, seen those on the Discord and on Instagram. It looks looks really really cool. It'll go industrial yellow. That's the colour. Of course, you know, you need an industrial yellow. Get some hazard stripes on there as well. I think yeah. you're probably... Yeah, it's just two metre high hazard stripes. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. know how big they'd be in scale. But. Yeah, big, big. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really nice to see that. And, and I guess the other piece of uh, news from Grimdark is that he's moved over and has actually given us a couple of... Um, well, he's given us an upgrade kit. Yeah, so that's a conversion kit, not a whole new model. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's kind of branching out a little bit from the um, uh, the terrain side of stuff, and it's nice to see Bronco kind of like delivering the sort of quality he can do um, on the terrain to to models that we can stick on the table. Yeah. And that is uh, the Galasades. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I have it under. Well, I have it from himself that it is kind of a um, 
a bastardized Latin version uh, of the word murder chicken. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, I didn't. I didn't stu- um, study Latin, so you know, by all means, school me um, if that's incorrect. But um, that's what I, I have it on good faith. That's what it is. But uh, it's quite, that's, that's quite nice because um, I think the direwolf. Uh, we we touched upon it in the in, in the battle report earlier on today, but um, it's kind of been. It's had a, a bit of a mixed reaction. Yeah, I mean, some of the titans in the past. I think when the Warmaster first came out, a lot of people were a bit iffy about it when they first saw it so who knows when you get different angles different positions on the legs i'm gonna hold out myself yeah but i can see like where blanco has changed things for his own version i like those improvements those changes it's kept some of the aesthetic of mm-hmm. the warhound um but while it's still very much got the kind of direwolf sort of look to it but yeah. i do wonder if the, if it was a plastic kit would would people like it more? Um, because it's obviously coming out, it, it looks like it's going to be a full resin piece. Yeah. It's probably going to be quite expensive. We're talking 50, 60. You know, I had a dream the other night and I dreamt that it was 52 pounds. Okay. Um, very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how close to the mark I am. Well, um, we know GW listens. So. <laughs> yeah. Less than 52 pounds, please. It'd be great and I'll buy loads. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he's done a really good job on that, and you just need the plastic warhounds, and then yep. you get the upgrade kit uh, for the top as well. Yeah, I do um, like the the arms, the gun, Vulcan arms. They they come out nicely. Yeah, the head is good, yeah. and the feet. Yeah, he's done a super job on that. Um, I think I'll be buying like an official one, um, probably for my Audax actually. For um, mm-hmm. if you're watching on the video, like I've got uh, got my Audax out in front of me. Uh, but I've wanted one for my Tempestus as well, mm. and you know, depending on the price. Maybe that will be the um, the cost-effective way of having multiple yeah. dialogues. Always good to have variety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to those. Uh, that's available, I think, as a separate. Not in the uh, monthly package. I think that's a separate okay. STL download. Um, but very soon. Yes, I think. Oh, I want to say. I want to say it's already out. Mm. Like it was. There was pictures on Facebook about it um, yeah. earlier on today. But yeah, that looks. That's super cool, um, and as part of the salvage kit in February, I think he's, I believe it's out yet, but he was doing the crashed Samson. Mm, yep. Um, so Love we've that. got a couple, got <laughs> a couple of Samsons already, haven't we? So we it do. might be quite a nice, uh, nice addition to one of our uh, yes. airport bases, uh, airport boards. Yeah, because I've got one board that is nice, clean, everything's still in working order, mm. and then I have a ruined board where everything's ruined. So now I could have a Samson for each. Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of uh, yeah we've got quite a few boards between us now. Yeah, yeah. But we need them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah, <absolutely>. need them. <laughs> oh, how many uh, we had? Uh, just just go back quickly onto um, beachheads. Mm-hmm. Um, it was thirteen tables. I think I think we put out fourteen tables, didn't we? Yeah. We were... I mean, originally we were aiming for thirty-two people, mm. so we would have needed sixteen, but which we, we had enough we had enough we did um, yeah. but we went yeah, i think we went down to um we only, we only had the one table of the drop zone terrain yeah um yeah and yeah the rest of it was was our own i think we, it was like six or seven with a couple of uh, us, people helping out yeah yeah i oh, know it was great it was great to see there was loads of grimdark there as well loads of grimdark boards i think we had three or four three or four at least grimdark boards i yeah. think including a massive cathedral the <laughs> Princess Palace. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like a grim dark version of the, the Disney Castle. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um so yeah, how look at um the stuff that's coming out from Grimdark as well. It's um 
uh, it's certainly looking good. We've also um, started talking with our friends at Entoyment um, in Pool, uh, Entoyment Wargaming and Hobby Centre. These are the guys who um, ran the um, the Beachheads convention. It was a fantastic do. Uh, we just want to say a big thank you uh, to Pete and the crew for putting on such an amazing event. Um, there was loads of tournaments, loads of traders. It was just super fun. It was a great weekend. My God, I've never hurt so much in my entire life after two days back to back of running an AT tournament. <laughs> but it was it was super good fun. And in tournament, aware all of our previous tournaments. Have yes, been held yeah, these, the these are the guys where we we generally hold our uh, our games nights. Um, yeah, and good size shop, good size gaming hall. Yeah, and loads of stock. Like, yeah, especially if you're into historical stuff. So, like, if you beyond the games workshop stuff, give uh, give Entoyment um, a, a look up. Tons of stuff for Warlord if you like your bolt action, or if you like your um, I forget the name of the is it Black Powder? Yeah, the um, Napoleonic era stuff. <laughs> so many say. different yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or your Flames of War and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, do do check them out. Um, we've kind of touched upon our event. But just a bit of community news. This is still, um, it seems now that we're out of lockdown, we've got loads of events starting up. Um, it's great to see the community kind of um, getting out and playing games again. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out. There's four events which are coming up in the next, um, well, the next couple of months. Um, we do have a, a tendency of, um, well, we're only really told about the ones in the UK, but we actually have one not in the UK to talk about today. So that's super cool. The next one is the STT uh, Adeptus Titanicus Engine Kill event. Uh, that's on March 13 in South Shields. Um, there's still a few tickets left for, um, for those ones. So um, if you are in South Shields looking for one, have a look uh, for that event. Um, I'll try and put the uh, description for some of these in the, um, in the description for the podcast afterwards. That's a red v blue. Loyalist versus traitors, similar to what we did mm-hmm. um, at Beachhead, uh, which was added another kind of quite fun narrative to, yeah. to the whole week. Something different. Yeah. And then uh, after that, there's the Battle for Talon Phase 1. That's on March 27th. Um, that's in Battlegrounds in Midlothian in Virginia. So this is our first US tournament that we've had, um, well, we've been able to talk about. So yeah, if you're in Midlothian, I hope I've pronounced that right. It sounds right in my head. <laughs> um, go check those out. Um, then on April the 30th, there is uh, the, uh, the destruction of Zeroth Prime in Peterborough. That's another red v blue. They've still got tickets left. Um, so if you're kind of up in, uh, is Peterborough Midlands technically? It's up north. It's, it's all up north from Bournemouth, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, then then do check them out. And it would be remiss of us to not mention our friends at Goonhammer. Um, they have the Goonhammer Open, which is the last weekend in May. Um, currently, Adeptus Titanicus is sold out uh, for that. However, I believe they are operating a watch list if you are... Uh, a wait list, sorry, not a watch list. A wait list <laughs> um, if you do want to um, uh, take part. Uh, but... I do have it under good advisement that there are still 40k tickets um, available. Sounds like it's going to be quite a big event. And that's in Nottingham. So yeah, that's that's everything that we're aware of at the moment. If you do have an event which is coming up, um, you want it advertised, um, do let us know. I mean, likewise, uh, likewise, I don't know what I'm talking about. If As well as that, if you would like to run an event, maybe you don't know where to start off, hit us up. You know, you can 
we're more than willing to give out our tournament packs um, to other members of the community. It's already been reused, recycled by multiple different events around the UK and further afield. Um, and yeah, we do with that what you want. It's um, We just offer it up uh, to, to people if they want a kind of springboard as to where they can start off from. So don't be afraid to kind of reach out. I'm more than happy to help. Yeah. So yes, I, can, I can catch a breath now. <laughs> so how did you feel about the battle report? Yeah, my first time on camera, my first time uh, recording in that way. Uh, I don't really watch battle reports on YouTube, heresy, <laughs> but uh, felt good. I mean, well, of course it felt good. You won. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> nice. That was nice. Um, game itself, well. We didn't need to make any real changes to make to, to a battle report. Just talking about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, always fun to play Ordax. They're all over the place, running around, claws. Yeah. Lots of little targets. Incredibly frustrating at times. Uh, well, yeah. When you try playing with them, but then everything <laughs> starts clicking. They they start falling apart. They're warhounds. So yeah. I've um, I've had I think. When I talk about my Graphonicus list, I think I'm on like a 80% win rate with them. Like, because right. you can do quite a lot with them. Like, I, I know how to get the most out of them. I find Ordax are one of those forces which are um, a little bit more swingy. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to um, try and maximize. Uh, what I didn't do very well in the game that we played before was probably make the most out of cover. Um, I did. I think I probably left a few things in, in close it, it, out in the open and I made a few mistakes. I mean, it was the first battle report we've ever done as well. So um, I'm sure we made mistakes when we were doing it, but it was still... still I can think fun. of a few. <laughs> yeah, one or two. Like a few few backpedaling here and there as we've forgotten rules or realised that, uh, yeah, we'd forgotten about stuff. But, um, you know, hopefully... Definitely leave a comment. We want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, just slag us off as much as you want. That's yeah. fine. Um, well, we've, yeah, I don't think we need to be reminded of how many mistakes we made because I think we know quite how many mistakes we made. Yeah, I mean, I was using Griff's. I'm not entirely confident with them. I've used them a handful of times before. Yeah. So that was cool too. Um, yeah. It's nice to get them out on the table. I've mm. I've probably, I, I think my Ordax have come out on the table about, um, probably about six or seven times. And yeah. I'm probably more on 50-50 with them. Yeah. Like it's, I, you were playing a Ferox, so that was quite a challenge. Like, uh, they don't, they don't like combat so much. Or if they do like combat, they like it against people who don't like combat. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to kind of nuzzle some warhounds up against some uh, larger titans if they're like a nice static gun line or something. But um, it was it was a really good fun to, um, game to play. It's always good uh, when you see titans exploding and, and warhounds do a good job of, of blowing up here and there. So it always makes for an exciting game. I think we had a couple of mag deaths. We had did we have yeah, a melt one meltdown? Melt yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, in right when you didn't need it to right meltdown, of course. It. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it just yeah, absolutely. But funny, I don't think anything got taken out until nearly the end of turn two, maybe turn three even. Yeah, there was a few like very cagey chip, chipping away a little bit, but it was yeah, I think it was turn three that it went from being yeah. I, I could still probably suddenly. win this to <laughs> suddenly nothing uh, was left on the board and I was in a lot of trouble. Um, Losing the um, the Acastus quite early as well was um, yeah. Well, if you're going to take an Acastus, like it's it's a bit yeah. I I have no sympathy. <laughs> I it had it had to die to be honest. That's it would have been rude to let it sit around for a bit longer than that. So. Yeah. 
I think the thing with Hordax is that they are going to get in amongst you. So you've got to build, I did, I built a list that could cover each other. So the Reaver that you're stood in front of isn't going to be able to hurt you, but the guy behind him is going Probably to be able to hurt. So I was covering yeah. my flanks, covering overlapping fields of fire, I think it's called. Yeah. So it all paid off because you fell, you charged into the middle of me. Yeah. Well, this segues in quite nicely. I think we used to do um, our battle report, uh, sorry, our um, deep dives in the second half of the show. But th- th- this this podcast out, we want to do the uh, we want to talk a bit more about beachhead. So we're going to segue in from the battle report, and we're going to do the, uh, the the Legio deep dive uh, straight up. Let's uh, let's get to the meat of it right now. So I have my book in front of me, and if you're watching on video, this will be uh, probably. Um, if only I had kind of like some uh, end of the nose glasses or something, and I could I could read to you in a in a sultry bedtime kind of voice, and it would be enough to send you to sleep. But um, do some ASMR, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, let's 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 talk about um, let's talk about the the Legio Ordax um, rule. So the Ember Wolves, they're called. Um, they're quite unique um, in Titanicus. They only have access to two manipals. Um, the Lupercal and the the Canis, and this is because they are a legio which can only take warhounds, or, or to be uh, to be more precise, anything of scale seven or lower. So they like the light scout titans. I'm interested to see whether Direwolf fits into that. Mm-hmm. If so that'll be a scale seven, or will it be another scale six, or will it have maniples? Will it, yeah, will it have maniples? Will it be an auxiliary titan? Will it have some kind of Ambush? I mean, they, they said in the fluff it was like an ambush predator. Like, will it have uh-huh. some sort of yeah, that big gun on bonus? the top? That could hurk. Yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah, deployment. like some sort of pop-up ability, like similar to um, I don't know, like a like an outflank or something, which is yeah. special for the time. I don't know. Who knows? Like, it, there's there's so much that could. There's going to be an article on this in two days' time. You know it. <laughs> oh, you, you know that. Yeah, it'll be completely the out of date. Comes out. Completely out of date by the time that we get it out. But um. I just hope it comes with a book. Like, That'd I, be nice. I think, it, I think it needs a book. When was the last book? Traitors? Traitors. While, before Christmas? I can't remember. That was... I want to say it was just before Reactor Meltdown, wasn't it? So that would have been beginning of November. Right. Yeah. Um, so beginning of November, I think it was about six months or so between the last one. Maybe we might see another book in Yeah, March. I mean, COVID delays, who knows, going on precedent. Yeah, well, it's it's not just like a weapon where they can stick a weapon card in. I suppose they could give you a Titan terminal like they do with the side Titan, but it would be mm. nice. The Mechanicus Knights and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to have something more to kind of go with it. Would um, you want a specific campaign book like Talan or something like that, like Defense of the Riser, Shadow and Iron? Yeah. Or would you want uh, Knight Households and Black Shields? You know. Yeah, it's a tricky one because they've done. They've obviously republished all of the Knight rules, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so most of them mo- yeah. most of them have, They're still have been republished um, but what they haven't done is they haven't republished the Knight Stratagems yeah there's still questions around them and the legality of them and then their banners and their high kings and their seneschals they're still spread out yeah I think most of the rules for that is still in Moloch isn't it I think so well, one of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, either way it's it's like certainly the stratagems are in Moloch and that's like that was like the third book which was released it was after titan death mm-hmm. so they after the main rule book the second supplement i think yeah. it was um 
Yeah, there's. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see some campaign stuff. I'd like them to maybe have a look at custom legios again. Um, just see if there's a bit more that they can do to balance them. It's been a while since they were done as well. Yeah, that was Defence Surpriser, yeah. was it? Yeah. I'm looking at them a lot at the moment because I'm trying to work out what to do for my next secret project. Ah, okay. <laughs> Whether I go custom legio or something else. Something else. An existing legio with corruption rules, perhaps. Okay. Okay, you keep your secrets. Mm-hmm. We'll see that one that comes out. Um, no, anyway, let's let's get into uh, let's get into the rules mm. for uh, for Legio Ordax. So, they like all of them. They have um, a, a list of uh, they have war gear and they have traits. Uh, they don't have any um, stratagems. Um, and one of their Legio specific uh, war gears is it's not really a war gear. It's just. The weapon? It's just the weapon, which anybody can buy, it's just slightly better. Um, so their first Legio trait is Wolves Among Prey. So unlike nearly all of the Titan Legios, Legions, uh, the Legio Wardex relied solely on Scout-class Titans in Warfare, preferring to encircle their prey and slowly tear them apart. A Legio Wardex maniple can consist only of Titans of scale 6 or lower. Any maniple which has a secondary or mandatory or op- sorry has any mandatory or optional um, components containing sc- titans of scale seven or higher cannot um, contain legio ordax titans. Any reinforcement titans declared as legio ordax must be of scale six or lower. All legio ordax titans gain the squadron special rule if they do not already have it, and they may always form squadrons with other legio ordax titans of any type. This includes titans that belong to other legio ordax maniples or Legio Ordax Reinforcement Titans. Um, Legio Ordax Squadrons can contain up to five Titans, unless they can normally contain more. If a Legio Ordax Titan is part of a squadron via this trait, they cannot become part of another squadron for any reason during the battle. The only exception to this rule is if every other Titan within their squadron has been destroyed. In this instance, additional squadrons can be formed if a rule allows it. Um, so I've kind of answered myself that. I think when I was looking at this earlier on, I saw scale seven and I, I, I forgot that it's scale six. So the direwolf has to be at least scale six. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> so maybe yes. maybe that's where it comes into like the reinforcement titans. Yeah. Then. Just something I just noticed there. Does that say you can form squadrons between maniples? Yes. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they can't be part of another one. So if you had, like an I, I did in the battle report, the, uh, the Lupercal and the Canis, I could have had one from the Lupercal, one from the Canis. Hmm. But I wouldn't be able to then change it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. then move it into the Lupercal. But it's uh-huh. an interesting... I've, I've, I've never had a use for that, uh, but I don't... Maybe I'm not thinking about it in the, the terms which... Maybe there's a yeah. play there that I'm missing. I mean... You can't have Feroxes, you can't have ones that give bonuses that would stack with coordinated fire. The main one I could think of would be having a, a squadron where somewhere at the back there's a Lupercal and some are setting further forward in the battlefield mm. with the Carnis uh, infiltration rule. So you've got a squadron that's supporting it to each other. But this is this is also reinforcement titans though as well. Mm. So if, if the Direwolf is a reinforcement titan, you could form a squadron... Yep. Yep. With somebody out of the maniple, which is obviously true. So something we, a bit different. So if they, for some reason, don't make any direwolf maniples, they could still get involved with the other mm. other titans. Yeah, like that. Auxiliary titans is that? That's what is that one per maniple you can take? I think so. Titan, or is it one per battle force now? I need to double check that. I need to double check. It'll that. be in the traitor book. Yeah, it? probably would. Um, but um, I believe it's maniple. 
if you you know if you could take more if you can take more than two more than one direwolf, two with the neutron lasers. Mm-hmm. It's already what strength six with bypass and shock. Mm-hmm. Combined fire strength seven. Yeah, coordinated fire, nice. Yeah, that's um, you're going to be shutting down Titans at that point. Like uh, I think, like we we said in the battle report, like I took the Acastus because I think that the 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 Ordax need a bit of a boost when it comes to hitting the heavier Titans because especially the Ursus claws they don't really they're not as effective against Warlords they're um, apart from moving them around it's quite difficult to cause damage yeah. um, unless yeah. you're combining fire but and even then you'd need to roll five sixes mm. you need lots of Titans working together to bring down a Warlord yeah which is appropriate with the background yeah but I, I've had quite a bit of luck with the Natrix shot lance in mm-hmm. Ord- in Ordax. Yeah. Um, I've used that a few times and just for that one time that it shuts down the Titan it's kind of worth taking them but then couple that in with the Neutron mm-hmm. Neutron laser? Is that right? I think so or Neutrino yeah, the, the laser thing that's coming on there Science laser Yeah the, the, <laughs> the big beamy thing um, that has it's obviously strength 6 that's more likely to actually cause that direct point of damage yeah. and then you're going to be that's all you need yeah, if you can get it in the side or a flank or, uh, sorry, in the flank or in the, in the rear and get a bit more damage, coupled with a combined, um, a coordinated strike, yep. combined fire, whatever it's called. Buy some rerolls, profane blessing, or the traitor upgrade that gives you a reroll. Yeah, that, that could be the, the, the thing which retires the Acastus from, from my list. Well, I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, it, it, is, it is a limiting. Um, factor isn't it but it's, it's what it's, makes Ordax what they are it's what you sign up for if yeah. you want Ordax sorry it's Warhands and small things yeah yeah and you can do a lot of fun stuff with them they just die very easily <laughs> yeah um, so the next trait uh, is Stalk Unseen um, so the, le- the Titans of Legio Ordax are adept at stalking their prey utilising the lay of the land to uh, launch murderous ambushes for the duration of the first round, attacks made against this Legio Ordax Titans of scale 6 or lower suffer a minus 2 to the hit roll if the Titan is at least 25% obscured rather than the usual minus 1. I didn't make a great use of that in the uh, the kind of showcase battle report that we did, but it's it's pretty powerful. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I obviously combined it with the um, immaterial, immaterial shields, shield, yeah. um, corruption. You know, and that means if I was in 25% cover, minus three to hit is yeah. <laughs> uh, the first turn. You can just weather that storm a little bit, which means I guess you don't have to rely so much on the normal fire mitigation things like concealment barrage or blind yeah. barrage. Yeah, you play the terrain right. That shut them down on turn one. Yeah. Maybe even part of turn two or with uh, a certain princess upgrade. Yeah. Princess. Yeah. And certain princess upgrades. Yeah, princess yeah. upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I I like it as a rule. Um, I think it's quite it's quite good. It does give you that little bit of extra um, survivability, but you do really need to hug hug the cover. Yeah. Um, I think in the battle we played, I didn't shoot a huge amount in the first turn, mm. and when I did, it was when I had a clear line of sight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I was being quite uh, clever with my um, preternatural grace, you know, my full striding. I think in hindsight, because of the amount of distance that I covered on the foot, I don't think I realised how far I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think I wasted a round of shooting for those two full striding warhounds. But... Yeah, they were out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I could have really, I should have really maximised on them, maybe kept them held in a bit of cover, whereas they ended up out in the open. But yeah, it's it's a nice rule. It um, definitely gives them um, a bit of survivability um, when it comes to weathering a first round barrage. On Warhounds, I think it's a really nice rule. If another Legio had that on Warlords and Reavers, I think that would be far too powerful. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, absolutely. At least very good. Yeah. Um, but the next piece is really what I think is is the best um, part of, of, of Ordax, and that's the war gear option. Mm-hmm. So they have reinforced plating. Uh, the Titans of the Legio Ordax are equipped with additional armor plates to, off- to somewhat offset the relative lack of armor most Scout Titans possess. A Legio Ordax Titan of scale 6 or lower can be fitted with reinforced plating for plus 15 points. Subtract 1 from the result of armor rolls made against a Titan with reinforced plating. Well, that's an auto-take for me. Great price. Great that it affects everything. Legs, body, head, yeah. weapons. Weapons? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it would. Yeah, yeah. still an armor roll. Um, again, if it was on bigger Titans. <laughs> but no, for Warhounds, I think it's really nicely priced. Um, in our game today, I had Ferox, so I got plus one within certain ranges, plus one to armor. Uh, that was gone because of the armor plating. Yeah. So I was playing on a level playing field. If I hadn't taken Ferox, struggling. I must admit, when I was building my list, I did consider taking, um, is it, oh, is it Chitinous Carapace? Yeah. Which is the minus yeah, yeah. two to the body. That's it. Um, but I did think it's like, well, that's just that might force people to just do targeted shots against my legs or something instead. But yeah. I wonder now, maybe that might have been a better use of my points because uh, I took a lot of body hits in that game as well. Yeah, yeah. But a minus three to the armor on the body protects that reactor a little bit. Takes a lot of weapons off the table, like bolters, stop being any use. Yeah, I had yeah. inferno guns. Even Gatling blasters aren't going to be doing that much. Yeah, I mean, just fishing for kind of like those body hits and things, it's going to make that a lot a lot harder. Um, but, but yeah, would you, would you just have targeted different locations? Sure. The legs, the legs are near... Well, they're just as weak, aren't they? They come up twice on the dice, don't they? Yeah. Legs, so... Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Do you go for the positioning? Do you go for the potential weathering? I mean, you, could, you wouldn't have to worry about overloading your reactor quite so much because if you're taking a strength nine hit to the body yep. because you're in the orange yep oh yeah that gets reduced to yeah. well that would be a minus three on a dice, uh-huh. dice roll wouldn't it so that's quite often I'll target the body if I'm going combat weapons because mm. then I can get the VSG burnout yeah. or reactor leak yeah. on a warhound is pretty deadly mm. so I'm robbed of that yeah option. I, might, I might have to try that in the next um, the next time I take these out just to see because I, I think now I, I, I the way I looked at it when I built the force, I was just thinking purely from a oh well, you know, it's show it off. It's a lot of points for one location, mm. um, but actually, when you factor in the reactor heat, which is yeah. often what can kill warhounds, yeah, um, I wouldn't take it on all six, obviously, <laughs> but maybe on the seniors. Mm. Yeah, just a bit more weathering, or even on the the forward deployed guys, yep. who are more likely to get um, take the hits. Take from the, the start, the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How would you? Um, I know you haven't made any particular conversions for armor. But have you seen any that really stood out to you? You know what? I, I haven't seen an awful lot. I I, I kind of gave uh, one of my guys a bit of a kind of knobbly bony head. Yeah, like the 
40k scale mm. chaos time. Y- yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I I think like I mean just looking at the the models which I've got sat in front of me now, I think with the chitinous carapace, you you could p- possibly get a bit of modeling opportunity out of like the beetle back mm-hmm. conversions that Battlebling do or something like that. Like you could you could make it look like a like a beetle's yeah chitin yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Um, back. I suppose um, that might look pretty cool, but of course I painted and made all of these before corruptions came out, so True. I've not really had opportunity to do it. Again. What about just reinforced plate? I've seen a few people use like Reaver shoulder pads and things like that. Yeah, I think that's a difficult one because it quite often just looks like a Reaver shoulder pad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, got, it's got quite a sig- signature look. I mean, the um, this is obviously like new today, but like seeing. Bronco's um, Direwolf upgrade, because yep. uh, it's an STL. Yep, yep. That's got a shoulder pad um, on it as well, like yeah, a, yeah. a like a Direwolf style shoulder pad. Something like that might work quite nicely as a. That's true. Um, I mean, just the the GW Direwolf has got that Warhound look to the body, but it is multi layered armor. Mm. So something like that. Really yeah, just something nice. to set it out, I guess. If you wanted to model it. Um, because that would fit on a normal Warhound as well. Like, just give it some shoulder pads or something, just make it look a bit more... Um... Up armor the exhausts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah loads... I mean, there's, I, I was fairly boring when I put these guys... To, I think I put more effort into the bases than I did into the uh, <laughs> modelling the yeah, rest of them. They look great. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy with them, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, reinforced playing is just... is really good. Um, I'm always a bit shocked when... Um, I play against Ordex people and they don't take it because I think this is really what you need to make them survivable, especially in the 1750s when you're coming across the Warlords, even the Reavers. You know, they they can cause a big... It's, it's a big difference, like you say. That my Titans would have died long before if they hadn't have had that. We had a few cases where I was getting the Ferox bonus and it was going into crits and then we remembered the armour and it was going back Eventually down again. Eventually remembered the armour, yeah. <laughs> so it was saving that crit, that crit critical uh, threshold. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the last piece of uh, war gear, which isn't really war gear, is Ursus Claws. Um, so the Legion Ordax fought many battles against the World Eaters Legion and adopted the use of Ursus Claws, oversized harpoons capable of toppling larger titans and rendering them helpless. An Ursus Claw fitted to a Legio Wardex Titan has a strength value of 4 instead of 3. Uh, great. I mean, yeah. if, if you want to run Ursus Claws, take Wardex. Um, they're definitely better than they are, they were previously. In fact, this was the first game that I played with these guys where I've not hurt myself yeah. <laughs> like, you know, from my own attacks. You still fired them 5, 6 times? Or yeah, no. Like... And I, you know, I think they were fairly successful. I mean, I... I, I turned what well, at least three or four, three. three, three times. Three, four, yeah. I killed um, the warhounds yep. with it uh, from two successful attacks. I think that that kind of took about yeah, legs got seven or eight devastating hits to the legs. Yeah, um, and I and I moved a couple of other guys about. Like since since they updated the rules, they're definitely more useful, but they're still quite swingy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't consider taking Ursus claws on another Legio. Unless I, it was a narrative game, or if I had some kind of crazy plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, against other warlords, uh, warhounds, um, they're great because yeah. you only need uh, even on a normal two one, plus. Uh, well, uh, three you plus. need a three plus. Yeah. 
Um, that's only be a four plus to cause damage, wouldn't it? On a normal one, yeah. Yeah, um, but on on these guys, it's a three plus. So yeah, definitely, definitely better. Um, you know, I, I I take them because it's it's all dax. It's it's what they they do, but don't expect them to be overly competitive. I guess. Have um, you ever considered running double claw? Does that uh, stack? Oh, that that to me just seems like an opportunity um, for somebody with a Vulcan Megabolter to just blow yeah. your specialized <laughs> weapons off, which cannot be repaired. Yeah. And all you've got there then is a, a smash attack. Uh, just 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 a <laughs> warhound running around, completely armless, just headbutting things every now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think again, I think if if Ordax had had the opportunity to for them not to be specialised under Ordax to, yeah. to again it might have made it a bit better but like specialised weapons are always a bit of a risk they've got a repair role on the card yeah well, yeah it's like, <laughs> why, why did they even bother um, doing that because um, yeah you've got a repair role but you can't repair it because yeah. it's specialised it's got a whole special word just to uh... So no, you can't repair this. <laughs> yeah, frustrating, but like, yeah, it is what it is. I think three is probably the most I'd want to run. Yeah, I, without sacrificing too much firepower. I think in the past, what I did was um, I went down to like one. Um, I think I, I quite like the way that the Lupercal worked in this with the yeah. SS Claws and the Lupercal. So I might I used to run um, them in the Canis Maniple rather than the Lupercal. Um, but having the two in the Lupercal definitely gave me a bit of opportunity to squadron when I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would be what I'd do. I don't think I'd take all three. Okay. Again. So you drop down to two. I would probably drop down to two, put a plasma blast gun uh, in the place of one of them, so I've got another tournament pattern one there that can actually kick out a bit more damage. Sure. But yeah. Um, so that just leaves the, the personal traits. Oh, mm-hmm. I suppose we should talk about the maniple as well, uh, as yeah. it's specialised to yeah, all decks. Yeah. But um, the first trait, Master of Ambush, the Princeps is adept at stalking their prey, utilising a battlefield's terrain to strike at their foes and avoid retaliation. The Stalk Unseen trait uh, applies to the Princeps Titans for both the first and second rounds, so just the first. Pretty good. All right. Yeah. As long as you're making the most of it. Got to be in cover. Not too close. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. I, I don't think, again, I made the most of it in the game. Hmm. But. I mean, I didn't really target... That particular princeps at all no. until the later no. turns. I think probably because of that rule. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, well, there's the, the shocking minus three, wasn't it? That yes. You could potentially get with the um, yeah. uh, the material shield, but it's it's fine. Um, I picked it. Uh, I picked all um, personal traits from the Ordax, uh, to- hoping to actually kind of show them off, but. Uh, the reality of it is, is that I just forgot about them um, every time that it kind of came up. That one is okay. Like I say, you, you just got to lean into it, got to make the most of it. And the second one, Call the Week, is actually pretty good. I just, I think, forgot about it two or three times when I had the opportunity to use it. Hmm. Um, and that's aware uh, that a wounded foe is still a dangerous one. The Princeps seeks out Titans that are wounded to put them down before they pose a threat. Princeps Titan can re-roll fail arm, failed armor rolls against the location that has suffered critical damage. Really good for those finishing shots. Yeah. When you remember to actually use them. So you want at least a Vulcan as one of the weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I, you wouldn't want to be taking that, I don't think, on like a... Um, Plasma Blast Gun. 
Yeah. Um, you want a I, weapon that can know, aim. I wonder. I wonder if this would actually work with an Ursus Claw. It has to take critical if damage. It's, if, if a legs are taking critical damage already. Okay. And you rolled a one, which would cause damage to yourself. Does it specifically say damage? Well, it says reroll failed armor rolls. Okay. It's whether or not, I guess, it counts as an no. armor roll no. or not. Let's have a quick flick to the back. Because you don't get other bonuses, like if the legs are already damaged. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, is that you could argue that this probably isn't an armor roll. No. Because you're rolling against the scale. You're, rolling, you're not rolling against armor, are you? Mm -hmm. So no. Let's, let's say no to that. Um, but if you think I'm wrong, obviously just please please let us know. It'd be interested to hear, hear what people think. I've not really considered that before, but okay. based on the rules, it's probably... I could see using the claw to damage the legs, and then if they're damaged enough, then the Vulcan Megabolter comes in, Finish. gets the bonuses. Yeah, especially if you're fishing yeah. for sixes or fishing for quite high numbers, you're going to you know, increase that chance of, of, mm -hmm. of getting the... What is it usually? It's probably usually a four plus by the point that it's damaged, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and then the last one, um, Pack Alpha. Uh, the Princeps has ascended to their position by force of arms and will allow no other challenge to their authority. Friendly Legio Ordax Titans within three inches of the Princeps Titans may re-roll uh, re rolls of one when making command checks. You've got to position yourself within three inches and you've got to roll a one in ten roll of a one. Not a fan. It's a hard no from George. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a hard note from me as well, really. It's a, that's just a bit... I like the fluff. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I started reading this down again, and I thought, oh, yeah, you can re-roll command checks within uh, three inches. And mm. it's like, oh, actually, that'd be perfect for, like, Corrupt Titans or something like okay. that. Okay. And then you see re-roll rolls of ones. Which you'd fail anyway. Um, yeah, if, if it was, if it was anything, then it may be. But, like, ones is just... I think there are better traits and strats for command checks available. Why would you... If you were picking strats, you certainly wouldn't pick it. Uh, picking princeps traits. It's a, yeah, sorry, princeps traits. And honestly, I think that there's probably only one worth taking in that, which would make me think if you're rolling, that I would roll on a normal um, table. So if you're rolling randomly, you would say only one of those three is good? Call the week, I think, has got potential. Yeah. Over the standard ones, which most of them are pretty damn good. Yeah, and what what we didn't do in the game, of course, because I took the personal traits from here, is um, we didn't. Uh, I didn't take any of the corrupt um, Ooh, yeah. ones, which probably was a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, because some of them are very nice. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I. I don't know. I'd have to look into that uh, with the corrupt ones, but like certainly not overly keen on the uh, on the personal traits. I think the first two for. Most of the personal traits for most Legios, there's some duff ones, there's some really good ones, and there's some okay ones. I think the Ordax is a average <laughs> display of traits. Yeah. Um, nothing leaps out, but nothing is too offensive. If, you, if you're playing one. Ordax, you're playing it to have a laugh and to enjoy it. I don't think that they're an overly competitive Legio. I think they've got some fun rules. I think they make playing Warhounds fun. Yep. Um, but... I think that you kind of need to kind of almost like maybe look at not selecting all of their, some of their traits. I think you go for the reinforced plating. Yep. 
you uh, take advantage of the the stalk unseen. Yep. But then otherwise, probably don't go all in on the Ursus Claws and take some different personal traits. Yeah. I think maybe uh, they'd come into their own in a really big game where you're allied with another mm. Legio. Yeah. So you're running like three and a half thousand points. Yeah. You've got 1750 of Vordax and 1750 of Warlords. <laughs> From a different Legio. So I think they work really well together. So you've got something to give a bit of punch. Yeah, because those Warhounds are in your face with the Carnis Maniple. Claws are causing trouble to legs. The enemy Titans aren't going to be able to come forward. And then the Warlords are, or the mm. bigger Titans are coming up from behind. Yeah. And yeah. And, I, and it worked well for me and Ben when we went on the tabletop standards. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Game. But th- again, that was because we were doing 2,000 points. Mm-hmm. We were taking 1,000 points each. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it just meant that we knew there was going to be lots of light titans. You know, there wasn't many heavy titans that were coming True. onto the board. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's against the, the warlords. I think that they they can obviously use the maneuverability to outmaneuver them, but you've just got to weather the storm which comes in. Yeah. That said, I'd love to see them taken in a competitive leaning tournament mm. just to see how they do because I haven't seen them. And we need to see what the direwolf does. Yep. Um, I think if the. The direwolf is as good as I hope it is, depending on what they, you know, how how we can take them. It could change this quite considerably. I think we'll find all new different um, options open to to Ordex players to to make them just a bit more punchy and maybe close out some of the gaps that they currently might have. Um, I know that the people who play Ordex usually love playing Ordex. I mean, I always enjoy playing Ordex. I think most people you've read Betrayer. Yes. Have considered Ordax for a long time. I did. And then Alex painted his and I, <laughs> I moved <pitched> on. <laughs> Decided yeah. I couldn't quite match that red. Oh, thank so. you. Yeah, it was, it was a, they're a very fun scheme to do. Like, And there's loads of different uh, ways that you can do it. I went for a bit of a gloss finish on mine. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly quite a nice looking Legio mm. uh, when you get them out on the table. Um, so I think the only th- other thing that we need to round out um, with, when talking about Ordax really is the Canis yes. like Maniple. So the Canis is, is a Maniple which is only available uh, to Legio Ordax. Otherwise they would only have a, access to Lupercal. the Lupercal and yeah. that's it. Um, but um, the, uh, the Canis is three... Warhound Titans with two mandatory uh, Warhound Titans, and it allows for an ability called Pack Ambush. Uh, and what this allows you to do is, at the beginning of the game, when setting up your Titans, instead of putting Titans down who are part of the Canis Maniple, you can put down little markers. And these markers um, have to be um, uh, basically anywhere on the battlefield more than six inches from the enemy deployment, and Titans, um, and they count as being essentially deployed. For purposes of um, putting that down, if you take more, if you took like two Canis Maniples, you would get one for every um, uh, Titan and then one extra one for the second Maniple. So maximum six. I think. I think that yes, I think that's how it would work out. I if mean, you had a full Canis. If you had a full Canis. Um, I'll, I'll read the. I'll, I'll read through it and then we will know for sure yeah, actually. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, rather than me saying yeah, it definitely does, sure. and then me read it out and go actually so. no, it doesn't. Um, so, um, what is it? Uh, so yes, um, 
Titans within this maniple do not deploy as normal. Instead, the start of the deployment after arranging Titans into squadrons, the controlling player places a number of markers equal to the number of Titans in this maniple. Yes, we got it right. Uh, these markers can be placed anywhere on the battlefield more than six inches from the enemy deployment zone. Titans from this maniple count as deployed for the purposes of determining which player finished deploying first. When both players have finished deploying as normal, Titans from this maniple can be deployed anywhere within three inches of a pack ambush marker. Any Titan deployed in this manner outside of the controlling player's deployment zone must be at least 50% obscured from the enemy Titan uh, from, uh, from, an, from any enemy unit within line of sight of that Titan. If a Titan cannot be placed within three inches of a pack ambush marker in this way, they can put, they're put into their normal uh, deployment zone. Uh, and then yes, if one if a player has more than one Canis maniple beyond uh, the first, only um, each maniple beyond the first only gives one extra mark. Yep. Um, so yeah, it allows you if you can set it up right um, to get some really nice forward deployments. But it's you've got to be a little bit careful. I think it can be a bit of a trap. Um, it's the GoPro making weird noises. Um, yes, it, it can make um, for. Um, uh, yeah, it can, can be a bit of a trap, really, because you can overextend yourself a little bit. Or I think maybe I shouldn't have done that against you being a Ferox maniple, but I wanted to demonstrate the rules a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's you know, too far forward, and I'm going to get you in combat or surround you, or absolutely. or you're at the back and I can shoot you. Yeah, so it's a tough one. Yeah. It's very tricky. Uh, it's it's a good, fun maniple to use. Against certain forces, it's brilliant. Um, the one thing which I like using it for as well is uh, certainly with some of the open engine war um, uh, mission deployments, you can set up these markers. You can make people think, oh my God, he's going to go there mm -hmm. and put all of his titans in a position to try and stop you um, from getting that 50% and deploying your, market, uh, your titans there. And actually, you're either just not going to use them at all or like you go on the you can react because you don't put your titans down until after all the all your opponent's forces on the table um so it's quite nice in that respect because you can kind of got to force me to spread out yeah i can't do a fused flank because then you can react to that exactly i can just be on one side you know and if as long as i've got that 50 percent i can yeah easily kind yeah, of it's, like it's, make the most of it getting the cover is difficult if you want to put a lot of titans in the same blip yeah um but i do like it for open war especially if it's the objectives mission where you pick up the objectives because mm. you're already on them oh gosh yeah the the one which, which is the one where you've got to deploy uh sorry you've got to uh, destroy yeah objectives in, in your the opponents. enemy deployment zone you're already halfway across the board yeah um with certain movement bonuses and strats you can be in there yeah and the objectives will be down on the table before you deploy this yeah. one. Um, and the one way you pick them up, I mean, you can pretty much set up, set up on top of the objectives and then full stride off. Yeah. Off out of line of sight yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we need to think about that next time yeah. uh, um, Next time we show off Ordex. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely need a rematch, I think, because so, uh, it was a bit of a, a trouncing. Um, they got yeah. some tricks that we need to explore. With more I games. So. And there's probably going to be Ordex people watching that battle report just pulling at their hair going, oh my God, well, if it, why didn't you do this? If that distracts you forgot the, that. If that distracts from the Grafonicus players yelling at me, that's fine. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe for the next battle report that we do for the first time ever, we choose the two Legios which we know 100% the best. 
Sure. Um, but, but annoyingly, <laughs> annoyingly, we did the uh, Legio Furians deep dive last time, which is your Legio, and we did the Graphonicus Legio deep dive a couple of months. Well, like it was, I think it was the first back. one that we did. It was in the summer yeah. last year. So oh, I should listen to it. Yeah, yeah you probably should have <laughs> taken some notes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it was nice to kind of get something different on the table. It was nice to see my Titans. Uh, that, um, you, I sold to you, George, on the table, and I'm. I keep looking at them thinking, like, why did I sell them? Like, was, I still... Get your new ones next to these and I'll I'll start feeling cheated. <laughs> swap <laughs> Thank if you, you want. <laughs> no, I think I'm... No, I've got, I've got to use my investment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, well, that's it as far as the Legio Audax deep dive is concerned. We're just going to take um, a little bit of a break now. Um, and then when we're going to come back, we're going to have a, a quick chat about uh, Beachhead and some of the letters, uh, letters, some of the lessons learned um, and running a tournament. So uh, until then, um, well, bear with us a few minutes and yeah. we'll probably put up some nice pictures of, uh, I don't know, Johnny Core seems to be posting videos of him walking around his house on Battle Bling. Okay, so we're going to record some of those? We could, yeah, <laughs> maybe we could do something like that, I don't know. But like, yeah. we'll, we'll put up a little note from our sponsors. Princeps, does your Titan need a refit? Are your locomotives feeling sluggish? Do your machine spirits need lifting? If the answer to any of these is yes, then head on over to Battle Bling on the Etsy store. Our range of new parts, conversion kits, weapon upgrades, alternative loadouts, and retro war gear will have your Titan ready for battle and make them the envy of any god emperor. Battle Bling, gaming accessories, bringing the bling to your battlefield. Warning, Battle Bling products may contain awesome. Welcome back guys. Um, so, me and George um, last week had quite an eventful time. Um, we ran our third tournament, I say we, you got to play, and I got to sit around being a bundle of stress um, all weekend. Yeah, my turn. Yeah, <laughs> it's your turn to relax. I always play, but yeah. definitely more relaxed for me this time. Yeah, this was the first tournament that I've I've personally ever run. Um, I've obviously I participated in the last one, but you did the first one basically, didn't you? Ben did yeah. the second one. Yeah, we were doing the maths. Yeah, for some reason I chose to do like the taking turns. The South Coast's biggest tournament of the year so far. Yeah. Um, lots of lots to chew on, and not only that, I chose to do red v blue, uh, which again I don't even know why. Like it was something different. <laughs> it was it was something different, and it was good fun. I think everybody uh, everyone enjoyed it. But it does when you do a red v blue event, there is certain things to worry about, uh, and that is that you don't have a ton of players from one side drop out. Mm. Um, and unfortunately for us, we had four dropouts on the day, um, and three of them were loyalists. So we needed to do a little bit of cheeky restructuring uh, and we pulled George who was playing his Furians. Uh, no corruptions or anything like that. You did a flip to be loyalist Furians mm -hmm. um, and a um, friend of the show, Stu, he uh, was playing Krytos and again, no corruptions or anything. He flipped to be um, loyalist as well. So... It mean a little bit of a change for, for the two of you because you had to take the loyalist strategies. Yeah, and the allegiance ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah so some of the things which you probably relied on in the past. Um... Certainly um, interesting. Yeah. 
to see the combos. I think by turn, game three, I'd got the hang of it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, it was a red v blue event. Um, it was over two days. It was part of the Beachhead 2022 um, convention. Uh, there was a massive 40k tournament going on. Uh, there was a big old Age of Sigma. There was Bolt Action. There was obviously Titanicus, Kings of War. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you see anything else? Blood I saw Ball. Star Wars Legion. Yeah, just was, the one day. I think there was Malifaux. As Heard well, about Malifaux. Forty uh, k scale Titanicus. <laughs> yes. So the the guys from um, the Titan Owners Club uh, were there playing forty k scale AT. More than um, ever this year, I couldn't tell. Oh, I there think was so. Just loads. <laughs> there was just loads, um, and we got to meet um, again, friend of the show, Lee Marshall. That was really nice. Uh, we did like a little bit of a. Uh, we re- arranged kind of last minute to just bundle as many uh, Warmaster Titans in our cars as possible, and did a, a kind of Warmaster parade, um, which was really cool. I think we had something like fifteen or something. There was quite a few. I think more half, than four. <laughs> half of them, I think, were Lees. Yeah, boy. Um, probably. Um, but yeah, that was really cool to see so many big uh, Titans. So we, we stood back from it. Unfortunately, the lighting was terrible, so the, the, the photos were not great when we were taking them because of the way the lights were positioned. But we were looking back at it, and it was like this is probably like nearly two or three thousand pounds worth of um, yeah. <laughs> of Warmasters on the table. It's like nobody break Plus, a table. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was really good but yeah we played it was a two day event we did three games on the first day and we did two on the next Um, the first day was quite hectic quite involved Sunday was a bit more relaxed Um, got to spread it out a little bit Um, and yeah essentially we just tiered everybody off red v blue and then the um, top ranking players from each side would kind of play the next ones and we tried where possible to let people uh, play people who they hadn't played before um, because of the way that the red v blue worked like often the top tiered loyalist was still the same as the top tiered uh, traitor so we mm. just shuffle around the top two tables to make sure that people kind of like had a variation in who they were playing um, but I think it's safe to say like uh, some, some really good feedback from everybody we had 26 yep. players in total um, and I said in some of the, the posts on social media like the, the quality of the paint jobs um, like every, every every time I go and play Titanicus, it's there's always lovely Titans on display. But you know, at, at Reactor Meltdown and Reactor Meltdown Two, again there were some fantastic Titans. Yep. And it was almost like everybody had upped their game again. Yeah, I hadn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that some of those some of those legions that I hadn't seen before, just outstanding. I mean, I'd seen them online, but I don't know. It's just so much better. In the yeah, flesh. yeah, it was it was definitely nice to see. There was quite a lot of people who I follow on Instagram, um, who, you know, I, I keep a close eye on their work. And there's one thing seeing that on a mobile phone, and then seeing them actually in the flesh, you get a whole new appreciation yeah. of how how good yeah. uh, some of those were. Um, for, uh, I, for like for me, um, Grant Dearness, he uh, brought his Krytos mm, yeah. to the event. I want to say that he smashed that Krytos out in like one or two weeks. They were, they were, they were stunning. It, it, yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, they were the one that comes to mind when I say like the photos look great, but in the flesh is even better. It's, yeah, yeah, and you know we have to say congratulations to Peter Martin for winning his seventh best painters uh, trophy at an event. 
uh, with his gorgeous Ataris. I think he won one at the first. He did. He um, won the first reactor meltdown. Reactor meltdown. Yeah. He come back for for the second, and he's been like to all of the. It's not happening events. again, Pierre. No, it's time, <laughs> time to retire that maniple, Pete. Like, come on, let's let's see something see something new for the next one. And let's start chalking up those tallies again. I think it does add something each time. It takes a slightly different force. Well, I don't know. No, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. Like, I don't want to cast aspersions or anything. But you know, you know how there was that whole thing where mine won. Uh, the best painters. Really, I hadn't heard about the, that. Yeah, no, I don't. No? Know, it's a, yeah, no, <laughs> it's a big secret. Um, but um, you know, obviously, I turned up at, with with my display board. I was yes. I was going to be one of those guys. Well, <laughs> um, uh, I did see that Peter soon arrived with the display board. I know what you're playing at, Peter. Uh, if you're listening, um, but yeah, paying but, attention. But again, like you know, he, when he brought a display board, it was just it was even <laughs> so much better than mine. Famous. So like everything he does and turns his hand to, it just looks stunning. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing something else. It'd be nice to see what you could do with some Tracy Legios, Peter, mm. if you're thinking about that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I think safe to say it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. I don't know how you thought. No, no. I I mean. The people that did well, I thought would do well, but then because it's Loyalist and Traitor, the final tally looked a bit different to uh, what I expected. Yeah, I mean, my my kind of uh, prediction going into the event was it was going to be a Traitor win, mm-hmm. overall Traitor win. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and I, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, Traitors generally, in all of the other ones we've run, they've always done well, they've always been top of the table, but also... Um, You've now got the corruptions. You know how are people going to handle the corruptions because yeah. it's, it was yeah. still fairly new. Quite a few of them out there as well. Lots of mutated titans. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was some really gribbly titans. Um, some very expensive like, titans. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was some some lovely stuff. Um, some people just took one or two. Some people lay, leaned heavily into um, into the corruptions. Um, and yeah, it was. I, I was convinced that it was going to be a top of the table uh, traitor win. Um, but the opposite was the case, and the loyalists actually overall came out performing, uh, performing the best. Yes, uh, which was a big surprise. Um, what was even more of a surprise was uh, that Krytos won again, uh, but obviously loyalist Krytos this time. So it's know, not Ben either. So it's not Ben. It's at not least Ben didn't win it, and, and <laughs> nobody from Maximal Fire won anything at their own tournament again. So like, I think we can now put that controversy behind us. <laughs> Um, put time. that to bed till next time. Yeah, um, yeah. Big congratulations to Stuart Oliver for for winning the event. But five, um, for five. Yeah, he he pulled a blinder. Like um, he'd only finished painting the Legio the week uh, in the week before. He'd never played a game with them. Play it wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he came and like you say, he took a Corsair five for five. Just played it really really well. Like incredible. It was really really impressive to watch. Um, but we had um, first place, second place, third place awards for both loyalists and traitors. Um, so they actually the first six positions went to loyalists, um, with the uh, traitors coming in seven, eight, ninth. Um, so kind of on point scored. On, yeah. on point scored overall, yeah. Um, but our friend of the show, Daniel Martin Corbin, came second again. Forever the bridesmaid, never the bride. Dan, you know, <laughs> my money was on you, mate. Didn't quite manage to pull it off. Sad times. I think he's going to drop the side titan next time. So I think he said that he's kind of done with that now. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, See I honestly thought he was going to win it this year. Yeah, because no Ben. <laughs> 
Because he's always he's lost to Ben every single time. But Ben and Dan have never played in a tournament either. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. One day. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was really nice. And and then Johnny Core from Battle Bling scooped up third place mm. uh, with a lovely Graphonicus Legion. Yeah, they're pretty Absolutely nice. Absolutely stunning Graphonicus Legion. Whoever painted that must have won a best painted award at some. <laughs> won some kind of award. It would definitely Bad won day. some kind of award. Um, yeah, so they were the the, the top three. Um, Loyalists, and then uh, Alex Flather came first uh, with his Infernus. Yeah, unexpected and Legio as well. Yeah, like I um, played him. <laughs> when when I saw the list submitted, you know, Ignis Light Manipul as well, and I was really kind of um, questioning. Like I was like, oh, I, w- I was interested, but I didn't mm. think that they would do well. Not well. That's, that's I didn't think they'd do as well as they did because yeah. I've never really, I've never really personally rated. The Inferno guns. No, it's the lack of targeting. Um, they don't go through shields. Um, you know. I think that the extra range that the Inferno uh, that Legio Infernus get with it is is a big deal. Yeah, and the extra hits with mm. I can't remember if it's the Manipul or the Legio or the, mm. <laughs> the Strats. But yeah, but he he plays every combo you could get was was present and used properly. Yeah, he played um, really well. I um, I played him in game two. Yeah, fantastic game. So much fun, really fun opponent. Just like handshakes after each engine kill, fluff narrative talking about how like how each titan would have died and, and stuff. But oh, it was really cool. a real. He rushed me with squadroned warhounds, a big warlord covered in mutations, and then knights with the flamers, the acherons, mm. and uh, it was the breakthrough mission. So I was kind of trapped. Yeah, instantly kind of like on the back foot. Yeah. And by the end, I think he only had uh, one or two knights and a very damaged warhound, but got the max points. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he played a really good game. It was really nice to see them. It's nice to see something a bit different as well. Yeah. It wasn't just all tournament pattern. Um, no. Vulcan Mega Volta Plasma Blast Guns, which was no. good. And he used squadrons in uh, a really effective way. Like two pairs of warhounds, maybe even bigger squadrons in different games. But yeah, getting all the bonuses possible to add into the flamers. Mm. Get those coordinated strikes, get the take the initiative by moving large sections of the board at once of yeah, his army. Absolutely. Yeah. Well done Alex. Um and then second place was Zach Bear um from Goonhammer. Uh, if you've ever um read any of the Goonhammer articles, Zach is one of the well actually um Alex's as well, but um uh, one of the main contri- contributors to the Warlord Wednesdays. Um, he published his review of Beachhead. Yeah, recently. Yeah, which is nice to see. Kind of some nice positive things being said. Um, he took Volcanum. He took a two activation list with <laughs> crazy four um, models. He did really well. Like I yeah, always yeah. knew it was going to be interesting to see, but it was good to see that. I didn't see those games because I was playing, and I didn't play Zach. But ah, right. Yeah, no, it was really really interesting to see. And then third place was uh, Nathan Jones, who, um, with his Legio Phasma, which was using the uh, Damasium mm-hmm. um, rules. Yeah, I played them in game five. Very good player. Knows what he's doing. Interesting Legio. They've got some like subtle rules. Mm. Nothing like nothing leaps out of the, the book. Like, wow, oh, these are amazing. But it's like when it stacks together, plus some corruption, plus the maniple rules... Plus, he had a really nice uh, list with lots of Titans. Mm. I think a Warlord of Reaver and four Warhounds, so packing it in. The interesting thing about Nathan's uh, list was he was the only person to take uh, a double Maniple. Mm. 
Yes. Which was yes. really surprised me. Like that, was, <laughs> we've seen so many double double maniples in the past, and they just weren't there. I think last reactor meltdown, sixteen fifty. So it was smaller points value. So we had lots of double small maniples, mm. uh, lots of Corsair plus Ferox and Lupercal yeah. plus blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, the Mandatum and the Ferox is a tasty combo. Yeah, because you've got those Warhounds hitting on twos and. There's a big distraction warlord in the middle with yeah, combat weapons and yeah. mutations. And he had the immaterial shield. shield, which I'd never faced before. Minus one to hit when the shields are up on a warlord is really disgusting. Any any highlights for you over the weekend? So yeah, I mean, I I, had, I finished sixth, top Furians player. Boop boop. Even though you're a loyalist. Yep. <laughs> so it didn't matter if I lost because that's loyalists losing <laughs> but if I won it's Furians winning so that's fine um, yeah my first game against Will Will Robinson yes yeah. he had the Extergimus which is really fun <laughs> no, but he had um, he used some knight support as well so he had armagers and I'd mm. never faced armagers before the little tiny four dwarf models and they were um, incredibly annoying yeah because they're too small to pay any attention to, but really, once they're in the flank with their little melters, their little thermal lancers, uh, they took out more Titans than I think the rest of us. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, they did a lot of damage, but uh, it came down to the central objective, and it was just like, he was just out, so I got mm. the points, and that was a win. Nice. Uh, and then I had two losses against Alex and, uh, and Nathan, where I got tabled. Oh, and I had two wins where I tabled my opponents. Oh, no. so well, unless a, you redeemed yourself. It was a weekend of extremes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I played uh, Johnny Eves and his Volper, beautifully converted, multiple armed. Everything's corrupted. Everything's going I was nuts. Making the most of some of those uh, battle bling multi arm sockets. Yeah, things, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I've not nice. seen them used in All the flesh. Yeah. yeah, proper Pacific Rim, Crimson Dynamo uh, vibes. <laughs> uh, but that was, yeah, the Volper, they, they ran into me and I just held back an offensive surge. So it didn't, mm. it didn't go Johnny's way in that one. Um, and then I also played Matt Darsha, oh, a Furians player. Played him before. Always fun. Furians on Furians. Um, I wouldn't have predicted it, but got him in the end. It was like, you know, to the end of turn three, even the end of turn four, it looked really even. And then it just fell apart. Oh, for him and yeah. went well for me. So. Sometimes that's just... I mean, that's what we saw in our game as yeah. well, wasn't it? Like, it was all right in turn two and then all of a sudden there was like a collapse. Yeah. And you sometimes, do. unfortunately, the way dice games go. You get a reactor meltdown in the wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, no, really great games. Um, I say, Alex and Nathan know what they're doing to the point where in turn one I knew I'd lost against Nathan. Mm. It's just like I was looking at my deployment and I was just like, I'm done. I've made mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, I... I, I can't recover from this, and it's not even the end of movement phase. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I think I think kind of looking back again, I don't think... I think we're going to go for maybe a more traditional format um, with a tournament next time. So, um, obviously, Beachhead was a great success. I think we're there's going to be another one, hopefully, in the summer. So we're waiting for some dates at the moment, um, just to confirm whether or not we're going to get uh, when we're going to get the tickets out. So the summer um, is not a convention per se; it's more like a 
big tournament. It's just a big tournament, yeah. 40k. There's 40k, Age of Sigmar, and I think there's going to be Titanicus. I'm yeah. not sure if there's going to be we'll anything get some else. Space. Uh, but we're going to kind of do this as the South Coast GT, so to speak, and we'll just do a traditional tournament format. Uh, we'll try and get a few more people, uh, a few more um, uh, tickets this time and see if we can maybe hit 30 people. But um, yeah, keep your eyes and ears out for that. If you do want any more details about uh, what went down in um, uh, Beachhead or if you want uh, the lowdown on our events pack or anything like that, do feel free to to reach out. It was uh, it was a really fun weekend. And I must admit, like as I said, it was my first ever tournament I'd ever run. And my players made it an absolute joy uh, to ref. Um, I had very few problems running the weekends. Um, I had loads of help um, from across the community. It's one of the reasons I, I still think that this game has got one of the best communities in the world. Um, we had uh, two whole tables worth of terrain, uh, which was uh, brought down all the way from Tyneside, uh, from Andy, uh, which was belonged to Af Andy Devlin and... and um, Stuart Oliver, I thank you so much, guys, uh, for for not only bringing it all the way down, because um, obviously the drive from the Tyneside that um, Oliver and his fiance Sarah uh, made all the way down to Bournemouth was incredible. Uh, but the, the they were actually in there setting up tables for us the day before we were even in there. Um, did more work than us. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably did. Yeah, and they were there right at the beginning. They were there right at the end, helping us. Um, uh, tidy up and clear things down and like, I can't everybody who helped Oliver Spry who was there all weekend supporting me he was originally going to be like a floating player who was going to uh, play if needed but he he stepped out he helped me do all the scoring um, Matt Bramley as well for donating the table and also um, helping me on the Saturday um, Dr. Alex, again, another great piece of uh, great table that he donated. Am I missing anybody? Obviously, uh, ourselves. Yeah. Matt supplied a mat. Matt, no, Matt, Matt supplied uh, uh, oh, some of the the um, uh, the uh, crate board, like the uh, yeah, of course, dock, yeah, uh, but extra stuff as well. Yeah, yeah it for the was. Other tables. Uh, if if I have forgotten you, I'm, I I really apologise, but I just sort of blank. Well, Tournament goes a few mats. Yeah, yeah, obviously the guys at Entoyment were great as well. Big um, panic when we realised we had loads of terrain but not enough mats. Yeah, like, that was like <laughs> a last minute yeah, panic. Um, but I think we were, up, we were fine. Like loads of people, like Johnny Eves, um, Oliver Spry turned up with uh, battle mats just in case and we ended up having more. Oh yeah, by needed. the end. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was great. Um, and just thank you so much to everybody who helped to make it such a great weekend. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear more, just please you know, join our Discord. That's where most of the conversation goes down. Um, it's where um, a lot of the like rules packs are shared and things like that. Um, and also do consider to be a patron. Like Hopefully, if you're watching on the video, you can see the sort of things that we're using the patron um, uh, money towards. It's helping us continue to develop the show, take us in directions that we didn't think was possible um, before and thank you so much to everybody who has helped uh, in whatever way they can um, either through patreon or just through helping develop the discord community like um, I should have probably said this at the end of last year when we were summing up the year but like we are super grateful and we have such an amazing community behind us we can't thank you guys enough um, on a bit of a mushy ending, I guess, uh, there's not really much else uh, for me to say other than thank you for, for listening or thank you for watching if you're watching us on YouTube. 
Uh, we hope to have the streamed format um, come into play soon. I think uh, we just need to make sure that we've uh, definitely got all of the tech that we uh, um, we need. We realized actually when we were recording on the night, so it's a good job we canceled the stream, <laughs> that one of our cameras uh, was just not playing ball. So um, yeah, uh, <laughs> teething issues which will be ironed out, but I hope that you've enjoyed the extra content that we've been able to bring to you. Um, and until next time guys, um, always remember to go big, go loud, and go maximum.